Hi again, everyone. Um, I'm here with uh, Riaz Patel. Uh, he's the master franchisee for UK and Ireland um, of 4x4 vehicle hire. So hi, Riaz. Hi. How you doing? You right? Yeah, very well, thanks. Thanks for coming on and, and, and giving the time. Um, just to start with, uh, as a first off, um, tell me about 4x4 vehicle hire. Uh, as a business, what do you offer your customers and, and who are your customers? So what we offer our customers are high-end luxury 4x4s, so Range Rovers, Land Rovers for short and long-term hire. Our customer base is really anyone who has the requirement to hire a vehicle. That could be for a wedding or a short trip with a family, um, any part of the UK or Ireland. Um, one of our niche elements of our franchise is we can actually offer our clients an ability to take the vehicle abroad into Europe with the right insurance coverage provided by us. Um, we've been trading since 2012. Correct. Okay. And and um and is your your customer profile is that is that aimed at the individual? Is there a commercial aspect to it as well? Yeah. So we predominantly at the beginning were aimed at individuals. And what we realized over the last probably 18 to 24 months is we've tickled, we've tipped our toes into the water of commercial stroke corporate, and it's been very good for us. And we'll be going that way as well in, in the next 12 to 18 months we've just increased our our team at head office that will help with potential clients in the commercial industry okay so 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 if i for example was planning a, a trip into scotland into the muddy climate of scotland and i wanted a, a nice four by four to to get me around whatever the conditions um would i come to you is that is that from an individual perspective would i be a client at that point Yes, yes. So you'd go onto our website, you'd submit an inquiry. So if you lived in London, you submit that you want a vehicle in London and our franchisee will contact your good self. We'll gather some more information. So if you're traveling by yourself or you're traveling with family or friends, um, and then they will obviously send you a full quote and which will be all booked online via our online portal, which goes live now in January next year. Great. All right. Well, I'll I'll bank that one, Rias, because um, I don't normally have need for a four by four, but there are occasions where a four by four would be useful. <laughs> I, exactly. I, I I do live in an area. I'm in I'm on the North Norfolk coast actually, um, and I live in an area where there's a lot of second homeowners uh, and wealthy people, right? And um, they all love a four by four. I'm like, I don't. Why do you need a four by four? Because they never ever. I don't probably i'd never think they really need it so uh consequently we don't have a four by four but but there are occasions where it would be useful so <laughs> give me a call give me a call yeah i'll give you a call so all right so um so so four by four vehicle hire T tell me about um where where the business was started originally and then how you became involved so the business was actually started in uh 2007 um, so the original founders uh, were Land Rover te technicians and experts. So they were actually had their own company called John Dennis um, in, in Ellsbury, which was a very affluent area. And a lot of their clients required a replacement vehicle when their vehicle was in for repairs. So 4x4 was then born um, where they invested in one Range Rover Sport and they started hiring out uh, the Range Rover Sport. And it just grew over time. And then they realized within probably 12 to 24 months that there was a demand for this all over the country. So the four by four franchise model then came across in 2012 with our first franchisee in Yorkshire. 
I came on board actually as a franchisee first. So in 2016, I became a franchisee and probably like many franchisors who were franchisees first. I, I loved the brand. I, I loved the logo side and the franchise network. So in 2017, we became the master franchisors for 4x4 Vehicle Hire. Um, when we came on board for that, there was nine franchisees, I believe. We are now at 21 franchisees in the UK. So we've grown, and bear in mind we've had COVID during that period as well, so we have grown as a franchise network. Great. All right. So, well, that's, I mean, yeah, 21. Uh, in, in the UK, uh, I you, to get to 20 is a massive, to me, milestone. Um, and so talk to me about where 4x4 can go, where, where you're looking for it to go in terms of numbers of franchisees ultimately. So ultimately in the UK, we have another capacity of six more franchise territories. Um, so that will take us to 26, 27, depending on how we split the final two territories. And then the plan after that is, is international. So we'd like to take the brand um, to other countries within the world, potentially as master franchisors license or actually as a franchisee license. So that's the ideal goal for the next 12 months. Brilliant. So, so you're, you're, I mean, you're, you're near to being a national brand. I mean, I, you, uh, maybe you are already, right? Did you cover most postcodes? Yeah, so we cover probably 90% of the country. Any area that isn't franchised, we will still cover. So we will make sure the neighbouring franchisee to that area or the closest franchisee to that area would still fulfil a booking for a client. Okay. So, so right, anyone listening to this um, who might be interested in this kind of business, uh, right, becoming a franchisee, um, or they might know someone who would be interested in this type of business, what – Where's the best place for them to start uh, to, you know, to, to go and get some information and, and maybe take the next step? So on our website, there is a, a franchising um, um, link on there so that you would just click on that link, ask you to fill in your details, and then that would come to myself and my head of digital marketing. We would make that contact, that initial contact with that interested party, and then we would guide them through the steps of from fact finding to becoming a franchisee. And we were quite transparent because we don't have many areas left. And uh, we would always say, oh, this is what we have. This is what we feel the franchise of 4x4 can get to within the UK. And we want the same kind of franchise network that we have with the individuals we have. they very different to probably seven, eight years ago, where we're seeing more of a, a bolt-on business. But our franchise model now is a full-time business. Okay. All right. Okay, great. So, uh, and what, what kind of person would this business suit? generally like like how, how do you how, how would you define that i think if we look at it say from inception it was very different to what we're looking at now so in inception because it was classed as a bolt-on business it would be somebody who's an entrepreneur already was looking to actually add another business to their actual portfolio um, what we're looking for now are like-minded individuals who, who don't have to have business experience because within any franchise company we can help guide them into becoming a successful, successful franchisee. So if they've got business experience, that's great. If they haven't, it's not the end of the world. With our guidance, we can help them succeed in becoming a successful franchise for 4 by 4 Okay. All right. So, And it's really interesting, right? You know, I was talking to someone else um, who has been a franchisee first and then has become a franchisor um, in a slightly different way to your journey. But um, what, what are the key things that you feel... Um, that you've brought to you know being a franchisor, having having learned about 
uh, things as a franchisee? What, what, how has that changed your approach or maybe shaped your approach, I should put it? Uh, in, yeah, in, yeah. In, it shaped my approach. When I was a franchisee and I was a franchisee for four by four for 12 months, but I'd been a franchisee with another brand for probably four and a half years prior to that. And what I found was when a franchisee has an idea to help grow the brand, a franchisor should sit down and listen to that franchisee. So the, the best example I can give is when I came board as a franchisee, our marketing was outsourced to an agency for you know our SEO. And when I came on board as a franchisor, I realized for us to grow as a brand, we need to bring somebody in-house. Now, that was actually an idea taken by an existing franchisee who provided me that idea. And we, we kind of grabbed that and we ran with it. So I think listening to your franchisees will always help you grow the brand because they're in it for the ride as well. You know, they've come on, they've invested their money, they want to see the brand grow so they can develop to a, a national brand and hopefully an international brand. So listening to the franchisees is probably key for me. That's a good, yeah, that's a good tip. Create, creating a forum where um, you can listen to what existing franchisees are suggesting, almost like a suggestions box, but in a bit more of a, uh, yeah. developed than that. But um, yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a great, that's a great tip, Riaz. Um, and so, so what were your first memories of, of franchising? Uh, like before you became a franchisee and, and before you really understood what franchising was, in this business format franchise um, uh, context, what, what, how did how did you see franchising as a as a someone without knowledge of franchising? If I'm, if I'm being honest, I stumbled into the world of franchising. So I, I you know, fresh out of university, I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do, and I was searching online for businesses for sale, and then I just came across a section which was franchising, and I kind of stumbled into a potential franchise that thought oh, that that would interest me. Uh, and I remember it was actually one Sunday evening, myself, my father and my uncle went up to meet a franchisor in, um, in I think it was in Bedford, if I remember correctly. And then we kind of done the deal within 24 hours because I was so mesmerized by what they could be in terms of opportunity. So I stumbled into the franchising industry, if I'm being honest. But over time, if I'm sitting with my good self 10 years ago, I'd probably do a lot more research, but I'd speak to, to franchisors that whenever we have an interested party, we pick at random for them to speak to three franchisees. So we never make it the same three franchisees. We say, right, we're going to send you numbers. You speak to them because I always feel transparency is key in our network, in our industry, especially in franchising. If the franchisees are happy and they're successful, then the network and the brand become successful. So as I said, I stumbled into it. And I've just run with it, and I don't think I can exit the franchise industry as a whole. <laughs> well, do you know, do you know what, Riaz? That that's a common theme, right? I stumbled into franchising twenty-one years ago as well, obviously on a consultancy side. Um, and it, what and that that's what we're trying to change. You know, we're trying to change the fact that those stories of people stumbling into franchising. We don't want that anymore. We want we want we want we want people to you know, to, to understand what franchising is at a much uh, earlier stage, you know, from school, uh, ideally. So you could, if, if, if we could get people coming out of school, um, understanding what franchising is, it would really, you know, help, help things. So, um, so yeah, well, yeah. So that, that's, that's, a, that's interesting, um, Riaz. Um, yeah, I, think that, I think that makes perfect sense because we're actually, 
at a stage now where we're having a discussion in our team that do we look at an apprenticeship model for actually somebody who wants to come in and work on maybe the marketing side or even a, a, a apprenticeship model for the business side and we bring them in we train them and develop them and you know the end goal is would they consider becoming a franchisee over a certain period of time so i think you're right it has to go back to when you're probably 16 17 18 what would you like to do in life and i don't think franchising is at the top of anyone's you know mindset but if we can educate those younger people and say actually there is an opportunity of owning your own business and, and deciding what you want to do in life down a self-employed route or a franchising route yeah well you know i've got a i've got an eight to ten year old they they know all about franchising i think they've you know they, they've heard the word so much already in their young lives so you know they'll have no problem but it's about yeah it's about trying to find it's trying to get that in front of others and and it's it's a challenge for sure so um anyway you're part you're part of helping helping that Riaz, by by being on this kind of a thing so i appreciate that um as a you know as a franchise business um and and look this question applies whether you're a franchisee a franchisor whatever stage you're at what what would you say has been like the biggest hurdle that that you faced uh, and and overcome um, at any point in your franchising journey? I think for me, um, somebody actually asked me this question a few months ago. Um, so when you become a franchisor, and normally it could be one or two individuals who become a franchisor you know, as a limited company, and there'll be a stage in your growth period where you realize that you actually need to increase the team that you have. So not the franchise network, but the actual team that you have working with you. And I think my biggest probably drawback was I never increased the team at the right time so we're now in the process of we need to you know increase the team by probably another two individuals to come on board to help with certain aspects of the brand so I think that is what's probably shaped me that I missed that very important point in the franchise or life right we now need to if we want to take the brand there we now need to increase the team to help the franchisees so that's probably the one advice I would give to all franchisors is know when to add another member to your team to help the franchisees and yourself. Yeah, no, good. I, I, yeah, I was, I was going to ask you for a tip, 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 tip at that level. You've already given me one. So, uh, so, so if you were now, if, if I was going to say, well, what, what advice would you give um, someone who was looking to actually franchise their business? Um, so, you know, they, they've been running a business successfully one, two, maybe 12 years. Um, and, what would you say should be their first next steps? They've identified franchising as them. They think that's the right way. What what should they do next? I think the first thing I would look at if I was going to give some advice to that individual is the brand. So the one thing I, I love about 4x4 is our brand. So our logo design, you know, we can change colors. So if the brand looks good, then that is for me, will get you through the door when you're speaking to potentially interested parties. So that's the fir first thing I look at. And then sometimes people might think of this as the boring element, but the operational manual, you know, the franchise agreement, and now we're introducing what we call brand guidelines as a separate document. So those three documents for me are so important that you have to live and die by those three documents. So any decision you make has to reflect what's in the franchise agreement, what's in the operational manual, and what's in the brand guidelines. Those are the two things that I would always give advice to potential directors looking into franchise their business. No, Riaz, that's a really good insight, actually, because, you know, branding, um, 
you can you can build a successful business up um and and have a brand but but if that brand is not right um you've got to sort that out before you franchise the business because it's very very difficult to rebrand once you have a franchise network um and 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 you're absolutely right it makes life way easier to build a franchise network if if the branding is right and and um just so yeah i think that's that's a key tip and and the other thing you mentioned is um it, it really what you're talking about is um is uh is a system having a system or systemization around your existing business before you kind of start the franchise process it's it's almost systemize your own business first create the ops you know create op operations manuals first and then franchising actually is a lot less complex uh, from from that point. So, um, yeah, good, uh, excellent. Um, Riaz, uh, you know, we you've talked about international um, growth. Um, what are your aspirations there? How are you approaching it? How you know the world? The world's a big place. How do you? How do you look at markets? How do you decide that and prioritize countries to go to? Um, how are you uh, assessing the regulations in those countries and, and the legal aspects? And, and, and the last kind of part to that is, how are you seeing uh, or identifying or going to identify the partners that, you, that are gonna take that brand forward in those, in those countries? I think what we do here at 4x4 is we're dipping our toes into the water. So the first thing we did last, this year, I believe it was, we exhibited at the International Franchise Exhibition. So we wanted to get our brand out there. And we've had you know, some good feedback on that. And then when we looking at what countries or continents we want to identify. So I think currently, you know, we'd look at the Middle East. Um, and then we were thinking, okay, Middle East and then potentially Europe. And then we'd work with franchise consultants. You know, we want to make sure that the franchise agreement in the UK could be very different to a franchise agreement somewhere in the Middle East or somewhere in Europe. So we need to make sure that we are following the, the rules and regulations in other countries. And you know, a franchise consultant will be able to tell us what an agreement needs to look like in Dubai, for argument's sake. And it would look very different to say somewhere in America, you know, so many states in America, so many different laws and, and rules and regulations. So that's what we do. So we, we dipped our toes into the water, which was great. We exhibited there. We've now identified the, the countries we want to approach, or we want to, you know, uh, take our brand out to. And we're not going to make a knee-jerk reaction. And uh, going back to your previous question, sometimes as a franchisor, and I've done it myself, where if you find somebody who wants to buy the franchise, you've got to sometimes not let the, the money aspect or the franchise fee kind of take control of your mind. So, you know, if we have an interested party for somewhere in, in the Middle East, we need to make sure they're right for the brand. So what, you know, what if they become a master franchisor, that's effectively reflecting the entire 4x4 brand. So what do they currently do? What will they bring to that brand? You know, how efficient will they be to actually expand that brand out to franchise models? And um, so it's not always about the franchise fee for me. I've always been told the franchise fee, in a weird way, is a bonus to what you've achieved prior to that. It's actually how that brand grows within a country or a continent and you've got to make sure you've got the right individual the right team or the right company that want to be taking your brand or the four by four brand international yeah no i agree i you know i 
I always use the term sustainable franchising and and that's exactly what you're talking about. It's it's um, at whatever level, um, franchisees at whatever level, whether it's at that master level or whether it's at that, um, you know, kind of what we call single unit level in, in a country. Um, that's the most important thing, first of all. Uh, yes, the financials and everything have to add up. There has to be viability, et cetera, et cetera, commercial levels and so on. But it's the, the people aspect is absolute key. Um, and they've got to be the right people. And if you find the right people uh, following the right process, then your chances of success are just so much greater. And it's not just success at finding a partner or a franchisee. Um, it's about them still being there five years later, 10 years later, 15 years later, um, because that's what you want. And, um, and, and you know, it's uh, I'm glad you've said that because it's something I kind of, uh talk a lot about and um because I, I think many franchisors there have to be goals and targets and objectives which are all based around numbers we know that but 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 you got to look deeper than just the the top end numbers and so if you're talking about franchisees for example well you would always rather as a brand have half the number of franchisees doing double the revenue um rather than having more doing doing half that and 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 really not providing enough profit for themselves in their own small business so um that that for us is yeah is a real is a real key component to, to sustainable franchising so yeah, um, so um so so riaz um in terms of uh, you know just just to um to again anyone listening that that might be thinking about this and, and maybe is from other countries you're you're targeting you, you talk about the middle east are there are there any other area and i know you're at this kind of exploration dipping toes kind of stage um but but where are you seeing the 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 key uh, you know the the key territories uh at this at this point so i i would say in an ideal world we're speaking to somebody commonly where dubai would be the starting point um, and then they would expand out to the rest of the GCC. Um, we've had conversations with um, Canada. Um, I, I think that's another element. So we're, we're looking at those part of the world. And depending on the rest of the exhibitions and how they go, we feel there is a there is a potential need or requirement for something like our brand in Europe generally, because there is opportunities for franchising within certain parts or certain countries in Europe. So it's an open-ended scenario what we're looking at right now. We haven't set a set target, right? We want to approach that country or that continent. As I said, and you've just used it now, as we've dipped our toes into the water, the response we've had back is from the Middle East, Canada, and a, and a few countries in, in Europe. Yeah, great. All right. So, um, okay, well, look, uh, Riaz, um, we're we're kind of out of time um, at this point, so I, I really, really appreciate you giving your time, um, and uh, hope to bump into you soon. Really, at, at a various franchise event. So, fantastic! Thank you for your time. All right. Cheers, cheers, Riaz. Bye.